best thing ever. It was absolutely amazing. Now, in the story that Mary read out earlier, I don't know if you can remember it, but some people fell asleep. Now, have you ever fallen asleep in a really bad place or an embarrassing place? Hands up if you've ever fallen asleep on the toilet. Okay. Has anyone ever fallen asleep on the toilet? Roland has. Wow. Claire, there's two people. That's amazing. Three. Wow, I want to hear all these stories after. Fran has. At least six people have fallen asleep on the toilet. That's amazing. This man, maybe that was just a comfy spot, but it's such a dangerous place to have a sleep, isn't it? On, on a wheel. Now, anyone fallen asleep on the tube and completely missed your stop? Yeah, loads of times. Yeah. See, cats, I think, are just so evil that as soon as you fall asleep, they're just causing trouble. This poor man. And this guy fell asleep at work, and you should never fall asleep in the office <laughs> because all these people have crowded round. I love this one. This is in Venice. This lovely old couple were having an expensive tour. And I just love the face of the tour, the tour guide. <laughs> you just can't believe they're completely wasting their money on the tour. And this one, a guy fell asleep at work. And then he must have been asleep for quite a while. <laughs> so you can't see it. Can you turn the light off for a sec? Um, now, this one, you wouldn't know that somebody is asleep here. But if you need a little nap secretly, then just do this. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Here's another one from the tube. <laughs> I think that, that's how I would do it, I think. Another one from the tube. This is brilliant, like a monkey. And this is a brilliant, clever security guard. He's put this big poster up, and then he's just fallen asleep behind it. <laughs> Great. And this one. There's only one problem with this, with this one. I don't know if anyone knows what it is. You'd get a really stiff neck, because it just really be really uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Now, what we're going to do, because I'm talking this morning about being asleep versus being awake and how Easter is going to wake us up. But I need a volunteer this morning who, I've got a great challenge for them. The hardest challenge ever being done in CCB, which is I need someone to come and lie on this comfy bed and literally, as I'm talking, to fall asleep. Okay? So, does anyone want to volunteer? Anyone at all? Come on. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. You can have a sleepy. Well done. Okay. What's your name? Hanan. Hanan. Okay. Okay. Cool. Do you want to lie down then, Hanan? So I'm going to make it as comfortable for you as possible. Just lie down and tell me. I haven't done that, but yeah. Yeah. How is it? Yeah, really comfy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Chloe or kids, what can we do to make it more comfortable for Hanan? Out of one to ten, how comfy is that? A one. A one, okay. So, we're going to try and really get her to sleep this morning. So, Hanan, do you want to get up and we'll just put you on here? Yeah. Okay, so do you want to jump on that? Yeah. Just careful, because... I'm not going to jump, no. <laughs> I did test it, and I did nearly roll, fall off the hill. So, so we've got a little blanket for you. Yeah, that's about seven now. That's gone to a seven already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's getting 
<laughs> I'm going to get out. I'm going to get out the saw, my my saw in a minute. There's a pillow for you. Okay. Um, okay, bit of music for you here. Don't know if you can hear that. It's just music. Like a little baby. Like a little baby, yeah. <laughs> now, Vactory. Do you, do you want this teddy called Vactory? Yeah. There you go. Tuck it in. Um, right, I've got some earplugs. I'm just going to stick them in. They are clean. Lovely, yeah. I know. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, Eye patch. Be careful, I will fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, you're meant to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I've got um, something else for you. Do you want some freshly brewed coffee? <laughs> freshly brewed coffee? Well, I'm, I'm just. Sleep then. You won't sleep. Now, who here sleeps more when they have coffee? It, it actually works for some people. I know some people that they sleep way better when they have coffee. It's, most people don't, okay, I guess. Okay, that's just, you could just smell that nicely. Or would you rather, I've got some hot chocolate as well. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we'll just let that breathe for now. Okay, now you can stop talking now. You're not allowed to talk anymore or move. Okay, Hanan. <laughs> have a nice sleep. Does anyone just want to say her prayers or anything? Does Chloe say some prayers for her? That's fine. Let's just leave Hanan now, and at the end of the talk, we're going to wake her up, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, have you noticed that... So I've got some friends who, when they drink coffee late at night, that really strong espresso, it just sends them straight to sleep. Anyone got friends like that? But if I have coffee after lunch, I literally cannot sleep for hours. I'm just like feel really jittery and can't sleep at all. Different things make different people fall asleep or, or be awake. And in the story that Mary read out before, the most incredible things happened. When Jesus rose from the dead... Some incredible things happened. Firstly, an angel flashed down from heaven. I want you to try and imagine this. Kids, imagine this. An angel was dressed so bright. He flashed down from heaven. It said he was, he was brighter than lightning. And his, and his clothes were whiter than snow. And there was the sound of a mighty earthquake. So I don't know if you can put the sound on. Stick it up really loud. Just imagine this. Here's the sound of an earthquake. You need to turn it off a bit more. Okay. okay. So imagine that. There was the most incredible things going on. Now, there were some men there that night who were at work. They were working. They had the most boring job in the whole world. Okay, they were guards, but not only just guards. They were guards of not a bank or a prison, or even a shop. They were guards of a graveyard. You, can you get a more boring job than that, where you're never going to see any action, nothing ever, ever happen? And this is the one night where they could have had a really exciting time, where the most important thing in all of human history 
was about to happen. Jesus Christ was being raised from the dead. He was bursting out of the tomb. This angel flashed down. And what did they do? How did they react? Well, in the scripture, in Matthew, it said that they suddenly went like dead men into a deep, deep sleep like Canaan. I can hear she's nearly snoring already. Okay. <laughs> And I love the bit that Mary read out in Matthew. It says the angel came down, rolled the big stone away. um, Can you put the slide up, Janet, of the the first angel? He rolled the stone away. Imagine this. And then on the next picture, so the soldiers fell asleep on the floor. And then the next picture, he sat on the stone. Why? And I don't know the answer. Why did the angel sit on the stone? And I think it was partly because the stone would have had Caesar's royal seal on it and nobody would, um, even Pilate would not have been able to open it without Caesar's permission. And it's like the angel just rolls it aside and says, hey, the whole of the Roman army, uh, God is way more powerful. Jesus is way more powerful. Just one angel rolls the stone and sits on it. And he's got a front row seat. And Jesus rises from the dead and is talking to people, talking to the women who were there. And I want to ask you this question this morning. Why did those guards fall asleep? Because the women, there was two women there. And what happened to them? How did they react? Did they fall asleep? No. They suddenly felt more alive, more awake than ever before. Their whole souls, their whole bodies, their whole beings woke up more than ever before. And I want to ask us the question this morning, why did the guards fall asleep? And why did the women become more awake than they ever have been before? You see, I'm convinced, and I felt God speak to me from when I looked at this passage this morning, that even as Christians, for us who love Jesus in our lives, we can be like the guards at the tomb. You might think, whoa, James, hang on, what are you saying? Are you saying I want to lock Jesus in a tomb? And I know no one would want that. But this is the scary thing. Jesus Christ is alive today. He rose on that day, that Easter. He rose. He's alive. And he is moving around this room right now through his Holy Spirit, wanting to heal people, transform people. He's moving around the world through his Holy Spirit, doing the most fresh, incredible, amazing, powerful things. It is awesome. But the problem is we have guards in our minds. We have guards in our hearts. And so often, as soon as the the Spirit of the Lord is doing something new, it's human nature to be like that guard. And and, and we, we have this resistance to try and shut him out or to shut him in and to stop him moving. It's subconscious. We can't even... We, we don't even know it's happening. We naturally have this human resistance. And we know that the guards, why, why were the guards there anyway? Who would put these guards there? Why? Well, we know it was the, the religious police. It was the religious people, the religious leaders. They wanted to keep their wonderful, their religious, all the rules, all the, the things that they did week in, week out. They wanted to keep it perfectly intact and neat and tidy. And... Man, there's one thing about Jesus that we know, isn't it? He was a radical young man in his early 30s and he messed things up. He was just full of life everywhere he went. He wasn't bothered about all their perfect religious things that they did that weren't even in the scriptures. He just messed things up 
everywhere. He just brought life gushing out everywhere, helping people connect with God, healing people, setting people free. And they hated it. And I'll tell you what, we have to be careful because there's an, a, there is a part of us, in all of us, I think, the fleshly part that we need to try and kill and squash that will hate that. This kind of antichrist spirit or a religious spirit inside us and we need to be careful. Because the problem is when we let these guards do their thing, we fall asleep. Those guards fell asleep. The women didn't fall asleep, but the guards fell asleep. And the church in the UK... How would you describe much of the church in the UK? She's asleep in many areas. Not everywhere, of course not everywhere. I know in my life, so often, I'm, I will suddenly wake up spiritually. I'll go to a conference or I'll spend some time with God and I'll encounter God and be like, oh my goodness, I've just been asleep for four weeks. <laughs> I've just been spiritually asleep because suddenly I've been woken up out of this slumber. In Romans, it says this amazing um, verse. If Janet, if you could put the Romans... Well, no, it says this, Romans 13, and this is talking to the church, to us this morning. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep, because our salvation is nearer, nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So Paul's saying there that the danger is as Christians, we can all be asleep. How do you know you're asleep? Because you only know you're asleep when you wake up. I had this, and I'm so embarrassed to tell this story. It's painful in my heart. Okay? I don't know why. It's just silly. But once I was about 20 years old, and I stayed in France at this amazing um, couple's house. that I really, I don't really know them, but I really, um, they plant churches in France, and I, I just really respect them. Anyway, I didn't really know them. They let me stay in their house. Do you know what I did in the middle of the night? I, and I don't worry, if you invite me to your house, I promise you, I will never do this. But I slept walked out of my room, and I walked in the middle of the night into their bedroom when they were in bed asleep. Can you believe that? How embarrassing. And I thought that I was either in the, could have got worse, in the bathroom, or, or I was back in my room. I was completely in a daze, and I... And I didn't know that I was asleep. I thought I was awake. I literally thought I was either in the bathroom, but I was just lost in the bathroom, or I was lost somewhere in my room. But in the morning, I woke up, and I could remember it clearly. It wasn't a dream. I know I had been in their room. They never said anything. I don't know if they woke up. Honestly, literally, can you imagine anything more embarrassing? Oh, every time I see them, it's like cringe. What a weird guy they must think. But the thing was, I had no idea I was asleep. And honestly, guys, I, honestly, Paul's saying in Romans 13, as Christians, we often spend our spiritual lives being asleep, or half asleep, like the guards, because our heart is like a guard. Our minds have got guards. We're resisting. And I just want to really quickly say two, way, two main things that we resist. Jesus. Jesus moving, doing amazing things on earth. Number one is religion, and number two is lawlessness. They are opposite ends of the spectrum. I want you to try and think just for a second. This will literally take one minute. Which side are you on? Because both sides are so toxic. Both sides will kill off the work of Jesus amongst us. Number one, 
religiousness, religious mindset, religious spirit, religious heart, where to get on the right side of God, we always need to do the same things. We must say this, the right prayers, the right things, the right things. Otherwise, we don't feel right. We don't feel like God's pleasure and his goodness and his favour is upon us. And that is plaguing the church today. It is killing the church over in the Western world, stamping it out, and it's dying in its droves. That's the truth. So that's one end, a religious spirit. And, and I've had that in my life, and I've had to ask help. See, so I've had to go to a friend and say, can you help, can you pray for me to get rid of this? I do not want that. So that's one end, and Jesus hated it wherever he went. The other end of the spectrum is the lawless spirit, which is, oh, I'm not religious, but... And I love Jesus. I love him. He's awesome. He's so cool. But I don't want him to be the king of my life. Oh, I don't. And you start reading the Bible. You think, oh my goodness, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be obedient to what Jesus is actually telling me. Like being a Christian is too hard. I'm just going to love Jesus and think he's really cool and treat it like a hobby, like a club, being a Christian. And that's lawlessness, not letting the law of Christ, Christ's word, mold us and shape our lives. So there's religiousness and then there's lawlessness and they're both deathly. And when we live on... So any of us will have a bias towards religiousness or lawlessness. And I've been both in my life. They will make you go to sleep like the guards. The guards were put there with a religious mindset. We've got to stop Jesus coming out of that tomb because it will spoil our religious ceremonies. It will spoil our liturgies. It will spoil our everything, our religious lives. So they fell asleep. But why did these beautiful women not fall asleep? Why did they just come more awake? And the answer is in the text in Matthew. The angels said it themselves. They said this. Can you put it up, Janet? Because I can't, I can't find it on my notes. I've lost where I am. Um, they basically said this, women, don't be afraid, for I know, I know what you're doing here. I'm not going to make you go to sleep. The spirit of sleep is not going to go upon you, because I know that you are looking for Jesus. You are looking for Jesus. See, these women, they were burnt out on religion. They had had it with religion. They'd lived that religious life, and it had completely let them down. And they had tasted something better. They'd tasted living with Jesus, connecting with God, having a relationship with God. And that's what Jesus is about, a relationship with God. And they'd lost everything in their life because Jesus had now died, they thought, and that he was still dead. And they were just hungry for God. How do you know when you are spiritually awake? Does anyone know? I think it's just very simple. You have a desperation, a hunger for the sovereign Lord. You, you have a hunger to meet with God. You just can't wait to pray. You can't wait to get with God, to be with God and be with his people. That means we're spiritually awake. And kids, sometimes kids are the best at this, of being spiritually awake. And I want to challenge all of us to make those guards stand down in our minds the religious guards and the lawless guards in our minds that want to stop Jesus moving in your heart and in others' hearts. We've got to stand them down. We've got to get rid of those guards. This Easter day, 2022, you know, life is so short. 
We're only going to have a certain amount of Easter's. But this Easter day, are you awake? Am I awake this morning? Yes. <laughs> do we want, more importantly, do we want to be awake? Because I'm not, I'm, I am not awake as I want to be, as awake as I want to be. Do we want to be awake for Jesus? Do we want to be living like these women? They, Jesus commissioned them. He spoke to them. He turned up to them. He sent them off to be the first evangelists. They lived an exciting adventure for Jesus. Wow, Lord, help us live that. Help our children be on fire for Jesus. Help us all be on fire for Jesus. But we've got to get away, get rid of the religious mindset and the lawless mindset. So I would love us to pray right now, but I just want to say as well that maybe you haven't made Jesus the king of your life yet. Maybe you're totally new to Christianity and you think, yeah, I kind of believe in Jesus, but he doesn't live in my life. I haven't given my life. So I would just love to say a prayer for you. You know, Easter is the perfect time before we wake Hanan up. We'll wake her up in a minute. She's literally asleep. Um, Easter is the perfect time. There's no better time. Jesus has burst out of the tomb. He's alive. And he promises this. If you let him into your life right now, you will, you will be woken up in a way that you've never known before. You'll become spiritually awake. Your heart will become spiritually alive. You'll become God's child. That in my life, that has been the most comforting, incredible experience, having a living relationship with God. That's what Jesus is about. So let's just bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and if anyone would like to pray this prayer for the first time, then just you can repeat it after me in your heart quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me on the cross. And I'm so sorry for all the bad things, the sin in my life. Please forgive me. And I give you my life. Please come and live in my heart. And I give my life to you to follow you forever. And please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. I just want to say one more prayer. If you feel like you've got a religious heart, where those guards are always like, oh, shut it down, shut it down, shutting down the life of Jesus, I would love to pray with you. And also, if you've got a lawless heart, and where you feel like maybe you're not living a holy life. Jesus hated religion, but he was beautifully, breathtakingly holy. So let's pray about that. Maybe I'll just give you a moment just to approach Jesus in your mind. Just stand before Jesus in your heart and just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, Jesus, please come and, and set me free. Come and set me free in Jesus' name. And also, um, Mary just came up to me before, and, she, and I totally agree that Jesus would like to heal some people of physical things this morning. Almost as like a sign of him being raised from the dead. So if you've got any physical pain in your body at all, and you're not too embarrassed to tell people, would you like to just stick your hand up in the air so we know who you're praying for? So we've got some here yet? Tanya? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So let's all pray for them. It's only take 30 seconds. Let's pray. So keep your hands in the air, and we're going to pray for these people. If you're around them, maybe stick a hand on. And Jesus loves to heal. So in the name of Jesus, we pray for every person here who's sick, Bones that need healing, joints that need healing, cancers that need healing, heart problems that need healing. 
arthritis that needs healing. Thank you, you've risen from the dead, Jesus, and you've told us to heal the sick in your name. So in the name of Jesus, we command every sickness, every pain, every stiffness to get out of these bodies in the name of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so just to finish off, um, who would like to come and help me to wake up Hanan? <laughs> Chloe? Chloe, do you want to help me? Yeah? Is it Trixie? Flurry! Oh, do you want to help me? Do you want to help me? Now, I don't want us to shout because I don't want us to scare her. Yeah, come on. Do you want to wake her up? That's it. <laughs> well done. Well done. Oh, Hanan, you were absolute star. Can we give her a massive round of applause? Well done. She was brilliant. Thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> Did you actually sleep? No. Oh. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, you want them back then. You can keep them if you want. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Right, I'm going to pack this up. <laughs>